Welcome to the Live Live Play podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Kinsler, and today we have Jane Erbacher. Uh, I still think I got that wrong. Uh, Jane is literally the world's leading uh, coach on rowing and is, is skier uh, for CrossFit athletes and functional fitness and just anyone that's looking to improve their conditioning on those erg machines. Today's podcast, it just jumped straight in. Uh, I went to an hour and 20 minutes. It was possibly, it was like, I've never met Jane before. I followed her since our, our guys uh, did a seminar. And literally, it was the easiest flowing conversation. I actually didn't really get to ask questions, but every question that I wanted to ask in a roundabout way, we got to it. Um, Jane's insights are amazing into coaching and how she works with people. Uh, Definitely uh, grab a coffee and enjoy this show. I truly enjoyed recording it with Jane, and I hope to be doing some more stuff with Jane uh, in the future. You're listening to the Live, Live, Play podcast. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I got you. How are you? Awesome. That's so good. Sorry, good. I'm in my pajamas. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop eating it, it is. It is early for you. Uh, it's, it's it's evening for us, but uh, that's what it is. Um. Yeah. How's off? Sorry about the other day. I no, I'm so sorry. I woke up and I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I remember we threw around Thursday and Friday, and I just yeah. got. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I don't know. Like, cause like obviously you're on the other side of the world, so it's like it's just hard to find the right times that work for everybody, and it's totally. just just one of those things. Um, totally. So yeah, like so. Obviously, I was I wanted to go. I was due to go to the course, uh, yeah. but I, I couldn't have other things on. So we sent Lee and Dave, uh, yeah. in our place, and they did nothing but rave about it. Like, and they came back it's and I was awesome. like, "We've been doing it all wrong." And I was like, "Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing anything right?" It's like, "No, not really." I was like, yeah. <laughs> It's so funny because I only created the course because that was me. Like yeah. I went to a rowing gym and I was like, what do you mean? Like I was like every cue I've ever given is actually wrong. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and I was like, nah, but they're just rowers. What do they know about fitness? And then yeah, I started yeah, yeah, doing yeah. like, cause I'm obsessed with biomechanics. And I was like, I think they're right. Like, yeah. I think we're, we're all doing yeah. it wrong. Because I was taught, I remember being taught, I know I was taught in a, in a CrossFit gym back in I was, yeah. 2008, 2009. It was like, the damper is always on seven because that mimics the water power and you're always on seven. You never change your dampener. And I was like, okay. So I never like, and people would ask me why. I was like, because that's what I was told. <laughs> I never asked why back then. It was like, just you roll with seven. <laughs> that's what you do. So and it's so funny because there's, there's so many really good justifications for it. But then when I started to learn about like dust and airflow, mm. I was like, Oh my God, a seven isn't a seven. Like I was like, my brain is like my little pea sized brain that now has to deal with physics. Can't take this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was, uh, so, and even, even now, like, uh, cause Lee personal trains me and, uh, yeah. 
like when he puts him in a skier and you want like if I'm trying to do calories and he's like technique and I'm like oh, but I can burn more energy and get my calories run quicker and I can get yes. back oh, I'm gonna leave the machine he's like no do it crazy but yeah no it, is, it has made a difference now it's it's hard getting our guys to change because they're you know change doesn't come easy for a lot of people uh totally. but it's yeah no it's good our kids are loving it though our our, our kids That's doing good because uh, we run a big kids program here so they're loving the yes skier. the guys are telling the, me that the rowing technique so uh That's... so their their bad habits will be easily fixed because it's just I'm exactly and kids are like oh it's so much fun because they're so used to learning yeah like whereas adults come in and they're like hmm like yeah. I haven't learned in a very long time. Why are you teaching me? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm getting like, why are you changing the dampener? You've always said, I was like, I know. <laughs> I was I'm wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah, it is really funny because when I was developing the ski course, like, because there's barely any information out there on how to use yeah. the skier. I did a lot of work with Olympic lifting coaches and yeah. gymnastic coaches, like, so people who have their own sport that coach CrossFitters. Um, and like learn what language they use to, because when you start learning about weightlifting and Olympic lifting, you realize, oh, so the way I was doing it, like that made sense to me, wasn't exactly right. Yeah. But it's funny because that people are really happy to be told they're doing it wrong. Yeah. Whereas with the roller, it's like, what do you mean now I have to stop and like, like slow down and it's just funny and i think it's because of when with lifting or weightlifting or gymnastics we've followed a really clear progression yeah like we've gone okay everybody can do a handstand push up on the first day so you're going to do this option then you're going to go to this option and then you're going to go to this option but in our brain we're like well everyone can get on the rower and row exactly and, and i i say this about running i said were well, you ever trained yes. to run they're like no i said you need to know how to run and they're like, yeah, but I can just go out and run. I said, I, yeah, I, I get it. I, I hear you. Yeah. But the, you, yeah. you, you run really badly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really bad the way you run. It's actually painful to watch you. <laughs> I was <laughs> running with my friend who's a physio the other day. And she's like, have you ever done any training to learn how to run properly? And I was like, nah, I can't be bothered. And she's like, Jane your whole life is about teaching people to do things right so they don't develop a dysfunction. Yeah. And she's like, you run really badly. <laughs> I was like, no. But it, but it, it, it is that where you got you to gotta peel everyone and I go, okay, so I know you've, you've ran a marathon or you, you row and you've done competitive rowing or you do CrossFit and you, you've done the big like 500-meter sprints and your calories yeah. are great. But now we're going to bring you all the way back to the very basics and change everything. And it's like, no, yeah. I, I, no. It's, it's just, no, I don't want to. It's like, yeah, no, but it's going to make you better long term. Totally. Like, no. Yeah. And like we, we made a change two years ago in our gym. We went from the high bar back squat to the low bar back squat. Yeah. Because the coach we worked with made uh, me understand that this is more beneficial to the average person, not people that yeah. want to be Olympic weightlifters. Totally. And for four months there, oh, everyone gave out. It's like, oh, it doesn't feel right. I'm, I don't like this. I, I mean, everyone had to go back to the bar. But then everyone jumped above their old weights. And yeah. then everything else went up. And we yeah. had less back problems in the gym. I'm like, well, yeah. that was four months of hell. Because I was adamant. I was like, it we're doing it this been. way and we're not doing it any other way. And it is so good you're sticking to it. Like, yeah. it's so good. It's so hard. And sometimes you just want to go, you know what? Just do it your way. Like, 
I'm doing this programming for this new gym that's Pilates and rowing. And I tell you what, when I first heard about it, I laughed for maybe like a week at the concept. I was like, like, what is this gimmick? And anyway, then they gave me complete free reign with the row programming to train all the trainers to like stay on their backs and to write all the programming. And so it's really interesting because the whole market is Pilates. So all Mm. these Pilates people are now rowing and none of them have built up any bad habits. So it's like our whole first wave of followers are non-rowers who are like, I don't do cardio, I don't do rowing. And so we're like teaching them everything without them having developed any bad habits. And it's funny, it's actually a dream. But then we have like a come in that's like Pilates. And then they're like, they love rowing and they're the one in the room that, they're having to like these yeah, Pilates yeah. are having to like try and coach, but it's been really funny because every other gym actually <clears throat> have to spend like what you're saying with the low bar back squat. I completely agree with you on the normal people, but it's like you have to spend months making them do worse than what they think yeah. they can do to make them do better. Yes. The other day I ran a in a CrossFit. Yeah, ran a CrossFit a seminar in a CrossFit gym the other day, and I was telling them that they're. Like their limit is what they believe. Like it's what they believe they can't do, but it's also what they believe is their best. Like your PB is only the best you've ever lifted doing it a certain way. Used to say that's actually your PB. Like it's, you could actually be lifting 50 kilos more if you do it a different way, but you have to take it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It is. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I, I, I know and I've, I, I love going to seminars, going in and going, if I had a went to it, but, don't know much about the skier. I got the rower down. Yes. <laughs> I would have went in cocky. Uh, but like, yeah, yeah. And then it would have clicked and I would have been like, ah, oh, shit. And then, <laughs> and then go, all right, now I have to learn. <laughs> and I would have been so like, funny. oh, she's got to pick me up for my rowing technique. <laughs> Not, so but funny. like normally it's like, oh yeah, it's in a bad way. I remember in my first ever right. seminar in CrossFit, I got picked out for squatting because it was the worst squat out of a hundred people. I was like, oh, oh. that's that's great. I always Appreciate get picked it. up for squatting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey everybody, come to my gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was uh yeah, it was a it's, that was a humbly mo- humbly moment. But I love um but that's the the education of like these machines like come out like I know the, the rower's been out for ages at uh, a skier. Yeah and every gym has them now and again mm-hmm. they're not being utilized to the best of your their ability uh um, yeah or people are just kind of crushing people on them and yeah it's all about like how much can you feel like you can make yourself feel really bad in the ski or go a row if you wanted to uh mm-hmm. you need no like the one thing and i I never, I mean, the, the one thing I did really like was when the lads came back, the first thing I said, so is this allowed? The big swinging arms, because Dave did that. And he was, they were like, no. I was like, yeah, I knew it. Because it didn't look right. It didn't look right. I didn't agree with that. Oh, well, CrossFitters do it. I said, it didn't. There's something no. about that I don't like. <laughs> it's so funny that that even took off. Like, it's like, because the guy who came up with it, because Jim Jones, I don't know if you follow Jim Jones, but yeah, yeah, they yeah. like it. Yeah, they were the first people. So Concept2 gave them ski ergs in like 2010. So like, and they're such meatheads. And they all got on and they're like, this is obvious, obviously all upper body. So they developed yeah. the butterfly technique so that you could re-engage your lats. And I'm like, the very theory behind the technique doesn't make sense. But yeah, you're like, I knew it. The ski erg's funny though, because I definitely find it easier to change somebody's ski erg technique. They're not yeah. emotionally 
to it. Um, and it feels miserable usually. Like they're like tired at 40 seconds. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, but the rower, oh my God, people have such an emotional attachment to what they've been doing. It's like that zero sunk fallacy or whatever it is, you know, like somebody goes into a casino and they lose like $100,000 and they keep playing because they've lost so much already. Yeah. They can't walk out. And it's the same thing. It's like, but I've invested 10 years into rowing like this. Like that 10 years has been a waste if I change it now. <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. One of the really important things for me is to go and train in a gym that's hosting me for seminars leading up to the seminar so they can see that I firstly am not good at everything and yeah. really like being coached so then they can see that they don't need to worry if they're bad at what I teach. Like it's okay yeah. not to be everything as a coach i think a lot of coaches think they have to be the absolute best at everything well that's it i i I, like i'm i wouldn't be like i'm mechanically broken from from basketball for years and i wanted to be olympic weightlifter and like i should have just been a powerlifter because it would have been easier for me but i didn't have the mechanics or mobility or the motor pattern but sure Mm Well, yeah. I understand it and I can coach it, but like my lifts wouldn't be impressive, but I can help you do it better. And I don't exactly. think like that whole thing. And in sport, it's different. In sport, it's the best players don't really become coaches, but in like CrossFit and lifting, it's it's just assumed that like you shouldn't work with that person if they're not the best in the world. I'm like, totally. mo- most people that are the best in the world are kind of narcissistic. So they don't really want to totally. help other people. They're all exactly. about making them number one. Uh, exactly. and they can't, they can't see if you're naturally gifted to be good at something, you can't yeah. see the struggles other people have. And you're like, well, just do it this way. And you don't totally. understand why they're not able to. Totally. Um, totally. Coach, I, I find that's crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, lo- like, yeah. I do. I do love going into seminars and coming out going, yeah, yeah. You're still learning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's never going to be a day where you're like, I'm done. I'm, I got to I got to nail down. Totally. One of my favorite things someone ever said to me was, what kind of coach am I if I can't make you better than I am? Mm. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I would get, I get so much more excited, especially with females. I'm like, if a girl can crush me on the rural ski, I just get so excited. I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Like it's like, there's this girl that came to my seminar a couple of months ago in New Zealand and she did a 130, 500 meter on the weekend at the New Zealand championships one minute 3500 meter for a girl it's like two seconds off the world record that's impressive i was like that is really fast like i like walk around with like a 135 thinking i'm like king of the kids and i'm like that's five whole seconds fast <laughs> like, that's a big five off, seconds <laughs> yeah get off the road, have a drink <laughs> oh, she's that good i won't like her <laughs> yeah. if you get a score that good and you're in bits i'm I'm proud of you if you get off and it's like what's next i don't like you this is yeah like you could have gone faster <laughs> <laughs> so funny. knowing in your head you'll never achieve that score you're like damn it so, so funny but i tell you what that seminar in ireland was so much fun yeah. like the irish culture and sense of humor is like my favorite like yeah. it's like everyone can laugh at themselves. Like it's just like it was. It was such a funny seminar. Like that day, even just the way people introduced themselves, it was just like it was. A, there was such a great atmosphere in the room. Yeah, it's it's different from the kind of Americanized kind of 
hey yeah high five just what was like all right let's go totally. <laughs> yeah like did you see what i like in all the american ones it's really like like they have to really sell themselves when they're introducing themselves yeah, yeah like yeah. it's tell the room all the best things about them and all that kind of thing and in at the irish road it was like who can make the most fun of themselves it was yeah. kind of like did lee win he's very good at yeah that. yeah like yeah you are definitely yeah, yeah it was <laughs> it was so much fun like i laughed for hours that day it was so funny <laughs> but that's, that's that's kind of that's the stuff you want like i know like i've, I've known dave for a few years and then yeah. i know some of the other guys that were there um andy meyer from movements mm. and stuff like that. Like these are really I good guys. Um, and it's just, there's a, there's a nice little community of coaches in Ireland. And uh, again, everyone's kind of looking to get better at everything they do and every aspect of what they do. Um, yeah. And I just, I just like that environment. And yeah, there's always a few people that don't want to learn or are too big for their boots or whatever. They're too good oh, and really? don't associate. Um, yeah. but like again the way I look at things is if you're going to go and study anything even if you didn't enjoy like I've been to seminars I didn't really enjoy but there's always yeah. a learning curve well I'll, I'll definitely not do that exactly yeah and there's something you can take away um, yeah. but there's always a learning curve and like as I said I would have went in there going got the rower man it's my thing I'll go <laughs> and then I would have been like oh crap but I know exactly. I would have been so cocky about that. I wouldn't have put my hand up for skier, but I would have put my hand up for rower. And then when I got back, the lads were like, I was like, oh, shit. And now I'm trying to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that makes so much sense. Totally. That is so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. I know. Yeah, no, I, I did the exact same thing when I went to this rowing gym and I was doing ergs. Uh, I had this, like, 60-year-old woman who weighed, like, 50 kilos next to me. And I was like, I got this lady. She beat me in a 2K. And I was like, hey, I'm doing something wrong. I'm yeah. like, teach me everything you know now. <laughs> so good. So uh, we should get into the show. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm going to keep most of what we said because I think that's gold. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But I do have questions. I do have questions uh, because I did want to, I want to put you on the podcast. Um, okay. So obviously I sent you over what we we're kind of talking about. When I researched you, there were some fun things that we have in common, and I, I, I'm looking forward to getting to them. Um, but to start off, for people that don't know, uh, I, I don't want to get your name wrong. So it's yes. Jane. Erbacher. Erbacher. Okay. Yeah. And so you, it's German, but we're yeah. not German. We're like convicts from like centuries ago. <laughs> well, aren't I've got all a, Australians convicts at some point. Yes, exactly. And I've got a bit of Irish in me as well. And um, and I, I don't know if you can tell that the tinge of ginger and like no, when I was like... <laughs> when I was at my seminar, I was like. I posted all about it on Instagram and I literally had like 20 people write to me and go, is this like a family reunion you're at? <laughs> I was like, you're not the first person to say that. But um, yeah, so. Well, Dave it, is yeah. tall and he's got red hair and yeah, there's a few. We yeah. have that kind of pasty skin. A lot of the Irish Very guys, nice. Dave has it. The Dave that was with Lee's pasty and he's yeah. not a tanned guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a family reunion. I was there pretending. <laughs> was rowing and skiing it was actually like family reunion um but yeah i think that they pronounce it way more fancy in germany i think they say like Ebacher, 
yeah. but like in Australia, you can't pronounce something like that. Like everyone would be like, <laughs> so Airbach uh, is fine. So Jane Airbacher, and you have a company called Renegade. Well, I do, but it's like, I never actually like pursued Renegade. I like got the name and I was like planning on like making waves with Renegade. And it's really yeah. funny, the whole business name thing. I've struggled with so much because I come up with different names for what I do all the time. Yeah. And then I always just keep following through with my own name. Um, so right now, I guess you'd say that my, my business name is the Projects Method. Okay. Because um, that's, that's what I pay tax under. So I guess... <laughs> thing um but renegade was the movement i was trying to create this year um yeah. we do things a little bit differently because i'm i love people coming to my seminars and teaching me stuff like yeah. i don't want people to be like clones of each other i want like people to be open-minded critical thinkers i want them yeah. to question what i teach and i want them to be a little bit of their own individual um and that's the kinds of people i want to be surrounded with um yeah. people like that I want, I want people questioning what I teach. Um, and and apply good. It keeps you, uh, on your toes and it's not totally. like, uh, like, well, just this cultish kind of, well, you tell me what to do and I'll go follow it. It's, exactly. you want to be questioned. And I think that's, that's a huge aspect in, in, in coaching and developing what yep. you're developing. And it's probably why it was such a popular, cause our guys raved about it. Um, yeah. So, and I know Dave McConkey, like obviously he's had you twice, uh, twice now, is it? He's had you yeah, over, yeah. so definitely yeah, positive vibes there. Um, mm -hmm. But that's, that's a really good way of coaching people because you want yeah. to be, you want to constantly learn rather than, well, this is how it should be done and this is the method and there's, <clears throat> there's no flaws in what we do. Um, totally. But what kind of got you how did you find a passion for rowing and skiing and then coaching and seminars? Like where did that come from? Totally. Good question. Um, so I was, so I've worked in fitness for like 15 years. So when I was a teenager, I played a lot of basketball and, um, loved it. So I've always loved sport, but then I remember I went to like the local YMCA with my sister cause she was trying to lose some weight. And I was like, this is really fun. I actually am. I find this kind of fun. It's like being at like, you know, a playground. And, um, and I just got really into it. I got really into nutrition. Um, and I then started hilariously teaching aerobics. And what I absolutely loved with teaching aerobics when I was like 17 years old is how much you could make somebody who walked into the room having a really bad day leave really excited about their life. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is like a really influential time in people's day i don't know if you can hear my dog by the way she's snoring she's like <laughs> no 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 <laughs> she gets lying pretty, pretty funny i'm gonna get her on um so you can see her in a second but she's absolutely hilarious but um yes yeah, so i was like okay i actually really like that i can use my like positive energy to make somebody else's day better yeah. so as corny as that is i genuinely started to get really addicted to that and i was like okay i want to do it in a way that's more um scientifically sound than aerobics and aerobics so is scientifically sound i was a very good aerobics instructor i'm from you really? i was yeah uh, i had my own freelance aerobics um company Stop. when i first started my fitness Stop. career yeah that's amazing called body balance and uh, oh. i taught step aerobics and freelance aerobics and uh 
bums, thumbs, and ties, all that. But that's that what it was. Good. And people that are is. like, all these new coaches, you don't know. Don't, know. don't knock and, it till you try it. It was very I good. Can, we even had a, I had a partnered up uh, friend and we had designed, because you have to design your routines and you have to design your music for your routines. And we had a class yep. that would intersect each other without hitting. Now, the problem was, is that you needed everyone that was an aerobics instructor to do it because the average yep. Joe were not coordinated. But oh yeah, I was, I was all in on aerobics, yeah. Totally, and it's it so cool. funny. Aerobics made me better at basketball because it yeah. taught me like, it taught me fast feet. It also like, when you have to build a routine, as an instructor, when you have to build a routine, match it to music, it's very mathematical. Yeah. So it's like really good for your brain. And when you're in the class, it's really good for your brain to have to, remember what you're actually doing yeah as an instructor you have to develop serious skills to create a uh, an energy in a room and so i actually think like i often laugh when people say to me oh how are you so good at leading a room full of like strangers and i absolutely trace it back to aerobics yeah like it's like is such a weird thing when you think about it like you're in this little space and then you make people move and then you make people face each other and all this kind of stuff and it's so like i think that i think you're right like people who knock it uh, that have never tried it it's like you're missing out <laughs> but yeah you had to have your beats you had to know the move bounce to the music correctly you couldn't just put on any song i would love yeah. to get most coaches now that have never done it and put, go oh well i can coach a room of 20 go teach aerobics Totally. Let me see what happens. You will, totally. you will mess that up. It's going to be disastrous. I used yes. to, uh, and like, in all fairness, I wasn't upset when I moved away from aerobics. Yeah, uh, I, I did my day of uh, yeah. like acrobatics spin it. I did it all. Um, but that was the fitness industry when I st- when I when I, when I when I became qualified. That's what you did. And but like, there was no fit. Yeah, yeah. Like it was aerobics. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. It's really fun when you meet somebody who's been in the industry that long that they understand like, no, this is the progression that we've actually seen. Cause mm. like there's nothing against people that have come in in the last few years, but it's like, it has been really fun to be a part of all the waves yeah. like it's and have to adapt. And the reason I like what, what we were saying before about how I want critical thinkers, like exercise science is constantly updated. Like what we thought, a week ago, a year ago, 10 years ago is different to the information we have access like access to now. And so like if I was teaching exactly what I was teaching in my seminars three years ago, I'd be teaching the wrong thing. Like, and it's, so it's really important to be humble enough to go, you know what? We actually know better now. So I'm going to teach what I know now. And if it takes somebody in my seminar to like alert me to that, then so be it. Like, it doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about. It means that I, have the my greatest um like what i'm what is most important to me in a seminar is that people walk out with education so it's like if that doesn't come completely from me i'm okay with that because i prefer yeah. coaches to walk out of there and be able to deliver the best education they can to their clients so, i think the, the quality of a good coach is that you can put your hand up and go yeah i, don't know. Uh, I, I was wrong like if we say like when mm. i first start coaching people in weights yeah i wasn't I was getting them results. I yeah. wasn't now no looking back. I wasn't hurting them. I was doing yeah. a job that I knew there's nothing technically wrong with that, but we know now how to do it so much better, so oh, much yeah. more efficient and give them more bang for their buck. Yeah. It wasn't like it I wouldn't do it now, 
But back then, I, I say like, it wasn't wrong then. Totally. For me, it'd be wrong yeah. to teach now. But then yeah. it's a learning curve. But I put my hand up. Well, yeah, I did teach that. I used to think the Smith machine was the best exercise for squats. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You Same. Yeah. I used yep. to think that step aerobics yeah. was the future, and my com- my yeah. whole life career would be based off that. Totally. Totally. And it wasn't. In- okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. No. So like, I did that in my early twenties, and then I um I decided because I'd taken some time off university. I don't know if you call it uni there. We call it uni here. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah some time off um and then decided i wanted to be a physiotherapist and so i went and did an arts degree so like uh liberal arts it might be what you call it and health sciences with the core intention of being a physio physiotherapist and then i decided at the end of my four year double degree that's not what i wanted to do um and i got accepted into law so i wanted to do something in human rights and at the same time i had spent the years that I was studying, going over to New York and just um, analysing the fitness industry, so just seeing where they were up to, because Australia is probably two or three years behind New York. And yeah. so I was yeah. like, let's see where they're up to. Like, what is it that they're into? And this was around 2011, 2012. And there was CrossFit gyms popping up a little bit. And there was this, like, catchphrase <laughs> in the fitness industry was, like, functional cross-training. And it was, yeah. like, the kind of jungle gym gyms, like, there were monkey bars and... There were rowing machines and I was like, this is pretty cool. And so in 2013, I decided to open a functional cross-training gym of my own in Melbourne. And, um, you know, AstroTurf, the multicolored kettlebells, the monkey bars, um, you know, the rig and, of course, rowers and um, assault bikes, So, which were then like the Schwinn Airdyne. Anyway, yeah. I got really into – I got really into – the screen on both pieces of equipment. I got really into not being able to cheat. Um, I got really into my effort being displayed in front of me for everybody else to see. And I thought for a while there because rowers were tall and I'm, I'm like 173 centimeters. So I'm not actually that tall, but I'm a a tall girl, tallish girl. And I could create some pretty good numbers on the rower. So I started to attach some serious like identity and confidence to the rowing machine. And then I started to realize when I was coaching other people that if they could see on the screen in front of them, their effort being rewarded, it really led them on to do more. Um, Just like, you know, when you give somebody a deadlift bar and the right technique, they're like, oh my God, what do you mean? Like you you give a female a deadlift bar and they lift like 50 kilos. They're like, you mean I lift 50 kilos? Like, and it's like, the average woman, if they can walk out and lift to 50 kilos, they're like, oh my God. And then, you know, they get to 100 and it's like, whoa. And the rower started to become the conditioning tool that gave them the same kind of thing. Like, what do you mean? I did a two minute 500 meter. And mm. all they know is what you've associated value with. Like, it's yes. like if you say, wow, two minutes per 500 meters is really good. They believe two minutes per 500 meters is really good. And they go home and tell their family and then they can't wait to come back to training. Yeah. And so I started to realize that the rower was such a cool tool to use for confidence building. And so I've never row at school, none of that. And, um, and then I still remember a conversation with my business partner where she was, she goes, you're only good at the rower cause you have such big thighs. And I was like, tag it to the heart. It was like a double whammy. It was like, you're not good at rowing and you have big thighs, like something most women don't want to hear. Like, yeah. and I was like, Oh, so then I started researching. I'm like, I remember Google searching. Do good rowers have big thighs? 
<laughs> and um, anyway, and then I started seeing that these rowers were all really, really, really tall. And I was like, that's it. I am teaching something in the gym that I'm really enjoying. And I don't know the technique. I just yeah. know that I like it and I'm okay at it. So I went and joined a, a rowing gym and was training with all these 60 year olds who were just absolutely crushing me. Yeah. And I remember the first cue they gave me was keep your toes down. And I was like, why would I keep my toes down when these handy straps are here to pull me back in? Like, why? <laughs> anyway, and then they were like, they were like, it's better for your back. And I was like, mm. and so then I started, I went home, I remember and started Googling, like, why would flexing my toes up in a seated position hurt my back? And I started to learn about the overactivation of psoas and then mm. the connection to back. So I'm just obsessed with biomechanics. And I was like, oh my God, like somebody's on the rower and let's say they're doing 30 strokes per minute and you've got them on there for five minutes. That's 150 reps. You're getting somebody to do just a little bit wrong. And I think that the common misconception about the rower is that it doesn't cause injury because it doesn't cause sudden um, yeah. impact, but it's like, it's accumulated dysfunction. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing that to people. And I'm yelling at them to go faster and do it harder. And it's like, so the load and intensity comes from the, well, the load is the intensity. So it's not a heavy weight, like a deadlift. Yeah, but the dysfunction, and I just remember sitting there and being like, "If that tiny detail I'm getting wrong, like what else am I actually getting wrong?" Um, so, so I spent a whole year um, traveling around Australia because at that time I was also running a podcast. That was my jam. So I'm a big podcast fan, cool. and um, I started to train with as many like ex-Olympic rowers, rowers, um, <laughs> rowing clubs that I could find, and just learning something from everybody. Because um, what I found is as an adult learning from a rower, they start you, they start teaching you like you're an adult, not like you're a child. Like if you yeah. put a 12 on an erg or in a boat, you're going to teach them the fundamentals from the ground up. And I know you have a big kids program, so you understand this completely. Mm. Whereas an adult, it's like the assumption is you have the knowledge that you would have gained if you'd been rowing your whole life yeah that was what i found from the rowing community why is everybody teaching an adult like they're coming in at like level eight rather than coming in at level zero like why isn't anybody teaching them where they sit on the seat or where their feet yeah. go or where they go like why isn't anybody teaching them the importance of staying on the seat like the little tiny intricacies that you would teach a 12 year old in a learn yeah. to row program so i realized that there was a huge huge disconnect between the rowing community and the fitness community and no exceptional rowing coaches were actually teaching it to the fitness community or crossfitters. Yeah. And so I created the rowing project row because I wanted to be that link. Like I'd spent 15 years being a coach and being in the fitness community. And then I developed this new skill that I wanted to make available to the fitness community, uh, which I was a part of. And mm. so I'm very, clear on i'm not a rower i teach rowing to gpp crossfit yeah. um and i've found that i have a real head start on a lot of rowers in my ability to connect rowing with all the other aspects of crossfit gpp general training not just like no one that comes to my seminar is like i am going to the olympics for rowing like mm. and if they are going to my seminar i'm like why are you here <laughs> i'm all there, there for as a coach it's people who genuinely that want to feel better on the erg, improve their times, not get off and fall over, be yeah. able to get off and do a handstand push up, 
um, like do all these kinds of things where the rowing is a piece of the puzzle that they're trying to build. Yeah. Um, so, but so that's they, how it came out. But that, that's, that's something like a, it's a keen eye um, yeah. for, as a coach, you can, you, you seen what was, there was a disconnect. Um, like even when the guys, cause we had Dave and Lee coach us uh, at a staff training then. And we got in a rowers, obviously. I knew that I was going to be making changes. And yeah. the first thing was straps pff, round the midfoot, dug in. Uh, it's around the, the big knuckle of your big toe. I was like, that doesn't make sense. What are you talking about? And the Dave was like, you got to keep your big toe down. And I'm like, but that's the relax. And it was, you were saying there, you, that little thing uh, accumulating dysfunction. I'm like, no, no. no. I, Okay, I'll listen to you. I'll play along. Totally. As soon as you're not in the room, I'm gonna go back to my way. Totally. And then I start rowing. I start feeling like because there was a definite different feeling when I when I drove when I drove into the plate because I had yeah. more. It's like squatting. They saying someone stay in your heels. It's the worst thing you could do if their toes come off the floor. Yeah. And they have a bar on their back. Where are they going? They're going on their ass. And that is exactly the same thing. Or deadlift, exactly. deadlift uh, with your toes off the floor. You're yeah. not going to do that. That's the worst thing you could possibly tell someone to do. But then, totally. I was kind of, but you, like you said, I was not associating myself with actual mechanics. And I'm sure you're just on a rower. Yeah. I'm just totally. rowing. Sure, strap totally. yourself in and go. Like, you know, and I, but there is, there is, and you said it earlier, is like people will train to do all this, but then you put them on a rower, you make them go run. It's like, yeah, it's just it's just rowing, it's just running, it's cycling. There's no, yeah. you don't need to know anything. It's just get on and go. And totally. actually, you do need to know an awful lot totally. if you want to be more efficient. Um, but totally. yeah, I, and I think like when you work with a high level, like if you work with a high level coach for yeah. like Olympics in any sport, they automatically assume that you're going to them because you know what you know. And they'll exactly. fix, they'll, they'll they'll just go right. This is what we're doing. Go do it. We're looking for these results. Whereas yeah. what you're doing is that you're the in-between going, no, actually, let's, we need to, we need to, you, you never know fundamentals. We have to go through fundamentals to get there. And yeah. because you do that, and just from my own experience with coaching kids and coaching our adults, is I find that I can relate more to people because I can make them understand the importance of this is why we want to do something. Totally. And you can do it that way by all means. Yeah. But if we do it this way, it's going to work. It's going to work totally. better and it's safer. And I'm always about being safe, pain-free. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to build Olympians or yeah. anything along those lines. <clears throat> but you yeah. know, that's, that's you, you're, yeah, it, it makes so much sense uh, totally. in the head of like how you're doing. But again, there was always, even with me, I still have that as there's always that little bit. I'll, I'll, I won't do that. I'll, and then when you do it, you're like, Oh, yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe I'm the unicorn. Maybe I don't need to follow these rules. <laughs> yeah, of course, exactly. Uh, but you, 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 so you, you, you went around. You start working with rowing. You start figuring all that out. And then, how did the obviously the the concept create the skier? How did that? How did you find out when you first started kind of messing around with skier and figuring that one out? I hated it. So I spent, it was really funny. So I went through the whole process to become certified with Jim Jones. So basically Jim Jones is this group in Salt Lake City um, who have a lot of overlap with 
CrossFit in terms of their like programming and methodology. Yeah. But the big difference between Jim Jones and CrossFit is there's no gym, gymnastics in Jim Jones. Sorry, wow, so many gyms. No gymnastics in Jim Jones and very little attention to detail in Olympic lifting. It's really just like, rah yeah. um, Huge emphasis on power endurance, climbing, outdoor training. Um, but you'd walk into a Jim Jones gym and it looks very much like a CrossFit gym. Anyway, I became really... I became really obsessed with Jim Jones between about 2014 and 2017 um, and went through the whole process because I really loved that their underlying message, well, their catchphrase is the mind is primary, so your body will follow whatever your mind tells it to do or not do. Yeah. And, and they're big believers in like effort is everything. So not as much about like, you know, following a process and, you know, ironing out imbalances, it's really about, this is all about how, how much you can actually give, which is yeah. a very addictive style of training. And since I turned 30, I realized that that's, I'd far prefer to be the person that follows a process. And like, you know, with Olympic lifting, I love that I was on like a broomstick for so long, nailing each position and understanding why each position was important, even yeah. though now I'm lifting like three kilos more in my snatch than I can do with terrible technique. But it's yeah. like, stick to a process and not just go in and grit like fight for something feels so much better but um but i was really fixated on jim jones and basically to get through each level of the certification you have to do certain physical tests and one of their really important physical tests is the sub sub seven minute 2k row and sub seven minute 2k ski and then once you become certified you have to be able to do a sub 650 this is for men and for women it's sub eight minute and sub 750 and so i was like i knew that to get through level two, I had to do a sub eight minute 2K row. So, um, and then when I went to level three, I had to do a sub eight minute 2K ski. And I was like, the row, I was like, I'm all over, love this. Yeah. Been researching for ages, love it. Already teaching rowing seminars. The ski, I, I was like, that machine is the dumbest machine I've ever been on. I hate it. I feel miserable every single time. My triceps feel like they're going to pop out of my arms. I can't seem to get it to move anywhere near as fast as the rower. Um, but a huge thing as well we do we did at Jim Jones because I'm not a part of it anymore. But mm. um, it relays. It is like every time you use a ski erg, it's for a relay. So it's like you're doing 12 to 15 strokes, um, teamwork, all that kind of stuff. Which just coming from basketball, if you put me in a team, I'll train yeah. so much harder than if I'm by myself. Um, anyway, so I was like, okay, I'm okay in a relay. I'll be fine for the 2K. Went there, bombed so badly on the 2K. Like. I was the last person to go and everybody in the room, because I was like, I think I got like 8.24 or something. So it was really obvious, like pretty early on that I wasn't going to hit it. And they've all gone from like, go Jane, to like this kind of like awkward silence. So everyone's just like watching for eight minutes. And it was like, I still can feel how bad I felt during it. And I remember I let go of the handles and I was like, I am never getting back on one of those in my whole life. Never. Like I didn't do the whole like stoic, I will walk away from this and I'll be better and I'll yeah. learn. And I'll, I was like, no, like if I can swear right now, I won't. But like, I was saying all the swear words in the world and I was like, never using the scare again. That's actually dumb. Like, I don't know what idiot created that. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember like, it was about five weeks later. I hadn't back on the scare. still had PTSD about it. And one of my friends who's like, he's one of the most highly regarded trainers in, Australia um, and he's like got a hundred percent success rate in a, in Spartan. So every Spartan race he's ever entered, he's won and okay. all of Asia Pacific, this guy's amazing. He went to the Olympics like triathlon. He's like, 
I like totally fangirled him at a Spartan race and now he's one of my best friends, which is like, there's a big thumbs up to do it being such a creep. Um, but he <laughs> asked me to cover his gym um, and he lives up in, believe it or not, we have an Alpine region in Australia, a very small one where people ski. Anyway, he has a gym up there and asked me to cover it. And I was like, yeah, and I was like, I'm doing this thing, like, Project Row. And he's like, I don't care what you do, just be there. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I read Project Row. And, um, and it, was, it was one of the first seminars I actually ran properly. And um, my now fiancé came to that. So that's how mm. we met, my seminar. And the next day, this guy rings me up and he goes, what did you do to everybody last night? And I was like, what do you mean? goes i've literally got like 30 text messages about people saying we've all been rowing wrong this was the best you have <laughs> to do seminar. like it was amazing and he goes so tonight you need to do the same thing on the ski erg you can do that right and i was like can't let this guy down and i just sure. went yeah it's like yeah hang up the phone i honestly went to my laptop and went how to ski erg correctly because <laughs> <laughs> people are going to be listening to me tonight and they've got really high expectations and I was like and honestly like how does project ski not fit into project row like I had yeah. to get another project and I spent that afternoon doing like it felt like a high school school project like I was like studying and I was like looking at the one video concept two had released and like it was nothing out there on the ski erg like anything out there because this was like you know, end of 2015, no one was using it right. Yeah. It wasn't in CrossFit yet. It was literally used for Nordic skiing or it was used at Jim Jones with butterfly technique. And yeah. I was like, I remember drawing like a continuum and I was like, at one end I had Nordic skier and I even drew, drew, drew like a little skinny stick figure. And then at the other end I had meathead and I drew like a really big jacked dude. And I was like, why are these people using it so differently? And like neither looks right. And, um, and I remember I, I decided that I was going to create the GPP technique. And so find somewhere in the middle, like take methodology from Nordic skiing mm. and then take methodology from the meatheads and create the, the person in the middle. That's the normal person that doesn't want to get injured. Cause you look at the meathead technique and what everybody was saying was they had golf elbow. So yeah. in here from there, and they also had really sore shoulders using the ski oak. And then you look at Nordic skiers and the number one injury is lower back injury mm. from how much hip flexion there is. And I was like, well, what I know is with everything I've created with the rowing technique, it's all about making people who sit all day safe when they train, yeah. basically, because that's who I work with, people who sit down all day or hunch over their, their phones. So I'm like, okay, well, the very Nordic technique with um, internally rotated shoulders and hip flexion is bad for those people because they're already in that position. So I was like, so I went outside and I remember I started doing ball slams and I was like, I think the ball slam is the ski technique. And I remember being like, I can't be the person who came up with this. Like I cannot be the person who's figured this out. Like there are so many people in the world way smarter than me. And that first ever project ski was no joke. An hour and 15 minutes of people ball slamming and skiing. And well, it, it's a credit because that's what the guys got us to do. Cause they were like, it's triple extension. I was like, you don't have to explain to me what you're doing. And, he goes, <laughs> Get the, and then they got the slam balls out. And I was like, and you, when you slam, you let go of the ball at a certain point, you don't finish all the way through. And I was like, oh my, oh, you know, if it was because it was them 
I normally teach totally. them stuff. I was like, totally. yeah, I get you. Totally, totally. But it is really funny because I spent the next year refining it and I did go and learn from Nordic skiers. I've been yeah. to concept. Like I've worked with as many people who are far smarter than me as possible and like, and then packaged it up in, in what I believe is the best way to do it. And yeah. it's like, and I just let results speak for themselves. It's like, nobody feels like hurt or broken when they do it my way. Like they can get faster immediately. It just feels better. And the connection, especially to CrossFit, like it is so much fun for me to teach skio to CrossFit because it's like, I can talk about triple extension. They know what yeah. it is. Like I can talk about the hollow hold. They know what it is. I can talk about the position you get under the bar. Like when you're doing a snatch or a clean, like mm. it's like, cause that triple extension to the drop position is like, what we do on the ski oak. It's like, yeah, your arms are doing something different and the load is different, yeah. but it's a very familiar patterning to a crossfitter. And it's like their brain just goes, bing, like all the other things I know are this. So it's the familiarity. It just makes it so much more pleasurable. Whereas on the rower, it's like, I don't have as much ability to do that. Like rowing is very unusual. It's like a horizontal deadlift. It's like, yeah. who's doing a horizontal deadlift? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and if they are like i want to see this contraption sure, sure. you could youtube that someone's doing it someone's tried it <laughs> definitely you're so right but yeah so the ski and it was really scary like for the next year like i got a lot of criticism and a lot of like questioning and everything mm. and then it was funny because i remember it was like pretty much exactly a year that people just started to like be like like, cause everyone that came to my seminars were like, well, that feels so much better. Like, yeah. you know, my elbow doesn't hurt all this, like straight away. It was just, you can't um, argue with people, that. what was that? You, sorry. You can't argue with that. If you were like, people are, they're not, they're feeling the right muscles and they're not in pain and they've no okay. shoulder problem, elbow problems. Yeah. You're, you're doing, you're doing the right job. Like 100%. Totally. Totally. And then, yeah, and it was mainly people on Instagram that were just really uncomfortable that this random girl from Australia had come up with this, mm. um, <laughs> which I was really uncomfortable with. Like, I really didn't want to be the person that came up with it. Like, I love that with rowing, it's like, I know there is a framework with rowing properly on the, the earth. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I've totally created my own language around it and my own personality to what I teach, but it's, it's undisputed. Whereas with the ski erg, I always have to preface it with there is Nordic technique. And mm. the reason I don't teach that to the general public is this. And it's like, and I say to people, like, if this doesn't feel right for you, tell me, because that's the, that is the best evidence we can have is, yeah. does this feel better? Are you not hurting in the wrong places? And is your performance improving? But I suppose that also comes into the aspect of, are you going to be an like, Olympic skier? Are you going to yeah. be an Olympic rower? Because if you want to be or a, 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 a high-end athlete crossfitter or an Olympic weightlifter, it, it's all like, as I say to my guys, if you want to look like the top crossfitter, you yeah. want to look like Tia Claire Toomey, yeah. are you willing to do the work she does? And because you're not as young as her or you don't have yeah. her mechanics or natural genetics, are you willing to yeah. be injured for that? Because to be an athlete, you have to be yeah. willing to sacrifice your body for injury because that's the game. Exactly. That's the trade-off. Uh, no. Exactly. Then let's do it this way. Yeah. Because you don't need, yeah. like, you, you don't need exactly. it. And exactly. with, with ski ergs as well, uh, uh, rowing is 
if you want to be the high level at that, you're going to have yeah. to put a little bit more sacrifice in the line because you're going for a gold medal or you're going for something. But exactly. for GPP, yeah. you're not in pain. You're getting much fitter. You're getting faster times. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I could be onto something. Totally. Yeah. So and I love teaching CrossFitters because the very, the whole, what CrossFit is based on is it's, it's a made up sport. Like it's a sport where they've gone, this is really cool. This is really cool. This is really cool. Let's adapt it to make our version of it. Yeah. And so the whole foundation of it is like, I mean, renegade, like it's like, it is something that isn't, it hasn't been around for 200 years or whatever. Yeah. I love that because then it's like, it can't be wrong because they've created it. Like it's, but I completely agree with you. Like when somebody comes to my seminar and I ran a seminar in New York uh, earlier this year and it was to teenagers trying to get a college scholarship for rowing. Mm. And it was, I loved this gym. They had like the mums and dads basically started to train because all the kids were training there and they loved it. And, um, but I had, kids there who rowing was their sport and so yeah. it's like what I was doing with them on the ergs it was like it wasn't relevant to like you know how well they could then do toast bar it wasn't relevant to any of that it was how can we iron out the tiny little things and I'm super comfortable doing that on the row but if somebody came to me and they're like I want to go to the Olympics to Nordic skiing I was like I'm from Australia like that is not my jam do not any advice from me about any snow sports at all but it's like i would not be like i would not give them any information yeah and i'm like an olympic rower came to me i'd be like i know way better coaches for you but mm. you're exactly right like i'm like if somebody comes to me and they're 14 years old and they're like i want to go to the crossfit games i'm like okay well the first thing you have to be willing to do is hurt more than anybody else mm. like all <clears throat> like your experience has to be like because because that's it with tia like it's crazy how much she's willing to give yeah to it Amazing. And even we were uh, one of our Emma McQuaid, she won uh, the Irish Championships. So she's gone back to the games and she was awesome. on the local TV and she was saying, and it, your man was like, oh, how do you be the best? And he goes, yeah. you have to be willing to hurt the most. And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah. He's like, you have to be willing to suffer more than everyone else in the room. And if you can yeah. suffer more and you're strong enough, you'll win. Yeah. yeah. And he, he couldn't. And then the yeah. guy, the, the guy in the other, on the panel was was kind of saying, "Hurt," and he goes, "Yeah, like literally, put your body into so much pain, but you can keep yeah. going." Yeah. And not everyone is built to have that. And you can train it to a point, but yeah, some people have it. And obviously, oh, yeah. I like you've worked with Tia, so like yes. when, she, when she came to you, um, yes. did you just kind of go, "Well, everything you're doing is wrong. Now do it my way." <laughs> Or was she kind of like a bit mind blown, kind of like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. like, how did, how, did, how did that go down? <laughs> so it was, that was the coolest and that was absolutely the turning point in terms of having credibility as well. Like it's mm. like once I worked mm. with her and she like really endorsed what I do um, from a really genuine way, yeah. it was like, oh, maybe, maybe Jane's actually onto something. And that was so cool. Like that, and meeting her, I love her. Like, I love her. I think she is, like, she is such a great, well, she's such a great role model, but she's just a really nice person too. Mm. Um, anyway, so her husband, coach, Shane, got in contact with me. And 
um, it was really funny because I remember he wrote like, uh, you're the only skier coach we seem to find, be able to find. So you must be the best. <laughs> well, yes, I am. I am. Thank you. <laughs> and I remember laughing because I was like, I think, I think he, I am actually the only one. Like I actually think I'm the best by default because nobody's competing with yeah, me. Don't have to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny. So I was like, well, maybe that shows that I have got guts. Cause it's like, I'm speaking up in a, in a realm that nobody wants to speak up in because everyone's yeah. like, I don't want to touch that. And it's in CrossFit now. And I tell you what, like with the amount of mobility that those CrossFitters have, you can see some pretty weird positions when you put it on slow motion on the ski. Yeah. Oh, how did you actually get to like it, <laughs> that position? Anyway, so I went up to Queensland um, to work with Tia and James Newbury was also there. So he's Australia's fittest man. So he came yeah. here from the CrossFit. Yeah. He's like such a nice guy as well. Anyway, he was training with Tia up there. So I had both of them. And the first thing I do is I like to see what people currently know or currently do on the ski oak. Mm. So I put people on for a 90 second all out. Like I warm them up and stuff. And 90 seconds is just that point where you go, oh, this is a sprint and you sprint and then you go, oh my God, this kind of weird. I'm dead now. And so you see everything start to unravel. And, um, and I, I love videoing people in slow motion. So then they can, cause as soon as somebody sees themselves, they go, yeah, like, they can if, connect it. Totally. Like if you, if you video me squatting in slow motion, I can correct it straight away. Like it's, but my proprioception is quite bad. And yeah. it's like, so if you're verbally telling me something, I'm like, okay. And then in my brain, I'm like, I'm already doing that. Like, but then you show me, I go, oh my God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, what I, first thing Tia was actually doing, and she's, I think she's about 165 centimeters. Like she's not tall. Mm. Um, she's not tiny, but she's like substantially shorter than me. She had her toes on the platform and her midfoot and heel off the back. Okay. And like, so if you can imagine holding onto the ski handles and then she was coming to a complete 90 degree angle at her hips and her legs are pretty much straight in the bottom mm. position. And then was like a real kind of wave coming back up again. And I was like, this is the fittest woman in the world, like has access to everything. And she's getting on the ski erg and moving in a way that's like what every person does when they get on there. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, isn't that amazing? Like that somebody with this much knowledge. So first thing I said to her was, I was like, can you set up your feet for me as if you were going to do a snatch? Okay. Cause she went to the Commonwealth games mm. and the Olympics for, um, weightlifting. And I go now, why wouldn't you do a snatch with your toes elevated? And she's like, Oh, like, why would I do that? And I was like, well, why are you trying to create downward force with your toes elevated and your heels completely no contact with any surface? And she's like, Oh, and I go, so why do you stand back so far? And she's like, because I'm worried I'm going to hit my head. The exact yes. answer from everybody. And I was like, isn't it funny that we go, mm-hmm, the solution for not hitting my head is let's put our feet in a really, you know, terrible position. Um, and so we worked together for three days and she needed me for like 30 minutes. Like, let's be fair. Like she's so used to being coached and she's like an exceptional athlete. But it was really awesome because I got to go back each day and implement the training in amongst her other training because yeah. a huge part of what I teach is I don't want you to have hangover fatigue from the ergs. I want the ergs to become like double unders in that mm. it's like the skill is hard to develop. Once you develop the skill, it takes conditioning and then it shouldn't be the most fatiguing part of the workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it is, you're doing it wrong. And, um, and like, if you look at Tia, like she's, I mean, they did do the marathon row, but it's like 
it's very rare that the ski erg, if ever, is the primary tool. Yeah. Part of their workouts. And so what is so important is that she can get on and off the quickest and the freshest. And yes. it's like, and so that was, that was really fun. And then ongoing, I've just been doing programming and catch-ups and stuff with her. Um, but like it, that was so good for me as well. Cause what I learned as well is professional athletes are the easiest to coach because they're in, it's like, like a kid well, that they're learning. They're bought in. Um, and I was at, I was at a seminar with a coach Dan John. I've been to a few of his mm. and he's, he goes through the different, the different groups of people that you work with. And yeah. one of them is, he goes, when you work with athletes, athletes are the easiest because they know their point. They, they, they know their A, they know their B. And totally. they're 100% willing to work to it. Whereas you get um, John, who yeah. thinks he's good and has a yeah. 60 kilo uh, bench press and he's all about the gains and yes. trying to get him to change. It's like, yes. well, what you need and what you think yeah. you want totally. are two completely different things. Yeah, athletes would be, I can totally relate to that, yeah. Completely. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Like it was even like we tested her 500 meter on the first day and then 500 meter on the last day, which I never do with normal people because usually they take longer. And it was like she took like eight seconds off. Like she was like 153 on day one, which isn't bad at all. And then 144 on day three. And I was like, whoa, that's actually – and she got off and talked to me after the second one, whereas the first around on the ground and I was like oh that's actually like a really good improvement and I, you just see what kind of athlete she actually is yeah and but it is so funny I definitely find like running seminars the most difficult people for me to coach are the men that think you know their 130 or something is world changing and yeah. like it is a good number it is a good number in any gym you go into but could they do better yes like we can all do better and when i tell them like what the world records are like people like that like if they've got a 130 on the row or something i'm like do you know the world records 111 and they're like they're like but who is this guy is he like you know 10 feet tall and <laughs> like all this stuff and i'm like no he just is better at it than you <laughs> that's the- so and it's really funny because I genuinely like I started running these seminars thinking that my target market was women like mm. I was I remember working with like a business coach and I was like I want to work with women just like me <laughs> and um and she was like awesome and so we did all this branding in the beginning like trying to attract women and it's like 85% of attendees are men and I'm like I'm doing something very wrong like if I'm like constantly talking to these men and I haven't actually figured out what it is that I'm doing that is attracting all these men to come to the seminars but I I think it's because I do like trash talking people a little bit like telling them like in a nice way yeah Um, my seminars in Ireland are so much fun because people that's the one thing Lee said like because like Lee's been to three seminars now in the last two months and yours yours was one there was a weightlifting one which was is was good he took a lot away from it and then there was the Dan John one and he was yes. like, he was like, it's just, it's just banter. It's just like, and Lee's a banter head. Like he loves that. Yes. And he, yeah. uh, when he went for after your one, then it was the Olympic lifting one, which is more kind of sit up Seriously. and take notes and totally. be prim and proper and etiquette and all that. And then he was like, 
totally. It's not, it's not as much fun. I was like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you will learn more if you're having yeah. fun. You will. You, you absorb it more. You're willing to listen. And if you can't make take a joke or make fun of yourself, sure, that's kind of what's the point. There's no, there's exactly. no need to be that serious. Exactly. And I do really find that the majority of people that come to my seminar have been convinced by their coach that they need to come. And it's like, they actually don't want to be there because mm. they don't like rowing and skiing. Whereas a lot of people that go to Olympic weightlifting genuinely really like it. Like they're yeah. like this really cool sport. Whereas it's like, there's at least 50% people in the room that are like, I am here because David told me to come and I hate rowing. Yeah. And it's always like a real like challenge. So it's like, so now you have to put up with me because I don't want to be here. There's so many more fun things I could do. So it's like, I have to spend, I have to make it fun because everybody hates what I'm teaching. Yeah. And it's like, and I know that if I'm learning something and somebody's in front of me, like making fun of some random dude, like then I'm having a great time. Yeah. yeah. So it is really funny because I mean, it keeps that, the drive for you to want to keep doing it as well. Because if oh, you're if you're going into this meticulous kind of step by step, this is what we got to do. You're going to be uh, a, it. Could, it could, that's oh, emotionally draining. But if you're having a laugh, it's kind of it's, it's yeah. giving you those energy. Like I, exactly. I think that um, like like oh, now I'm losing my train of thought there. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, what? What were you saying? Yeah, what were we saying? Making it fun. I had a really, yeah, 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 making it fun and just and having and having fun in it. And then when people, I hear it, yeah. So when people, oh, I don't like rowing. I remember not liking liking the rower until I made the rower my warm up every day for a thousand meters, and then I started getting more comfortable with the rower. Yeah. Dave bought his own skier for the gym because I wouldn't buy one, and I went down it, and I was like, I got dizzy because I was bobbing my head like. Yeah, up and down. Did he tell you like, why? Did he, did he fix that for you? Has oh, he no, fixed that? For you? Back, back then, now I know why, but back then <laughs> I didn't know. And I was like, I'm not buying any more. They're stupid machines. And then, yeah. and it's like wall balls and snatches and stuff. I used to hate Sorry, all that. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling him to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, everyone hates the snatch because, and they love the power clean. Why? Because snatching yes. more difficult. You, you only hate what you're shit at. Totally. And I say that to my kids, you only hate what you shit at. And I, I enjoy, I actually enjoyed the rower. I enjoyed the skier. I despised the assault bike. And I, and I knew why, because it used to make me feel like crap. And then I was like, well, you got to train on it more. I was like, okay. And then I started liking that. And it is, it's, it's, that is like, I hate that. It's because you shit at it. Oh no, no, you shit at it. And yeah. if, if you work on it, you won't hate it as much. And then you, you never know, you might like to like it. Totally. And we're going on the way. Exactly. And it's so funny because I was always like, oh, I'm just so bad at gymnastics. My arms and legs are too long to be good at gymnastics. And then I started to like actually get a little bit better at it. I'm still not good at the gymnastics part. But I was like, this is so much fun now. Like it's mm. like trying to like string, you know, toes to bar together and like getting into handstands. I'm like, as if adults get to do this, like, this is so good. Like it's, it's so much fun, but yeah, it's it completely it. And it is actually hilarious. Like my favorite people are the ones in the room that stand there and they like usually like, have their arms folded and they're like scowling a little bit and they're like really challenging to me. And I'm like, you're going to walk out of here and not be able to wait till there's a, pro- a workout with rowing in it. Like it's like yeah, a yeah, person. Yeah. 
And because uh, I take as well, like I take retention for gyms really seriously. Like I'm yeah. like, I know I owned a gym. Like I know how important it is to keep your members interested and excited about their exactly, training. Yeah. And, and that is a huge focus for me because I'm like, if members come and if coaches come, my goal is that coaches can walk out of there with the tools to be able to do what I do and members cannot wait to get to the gym. Yeah. And, and, and that's like, like we did, I think it was two, three months before you were coming yeah. to, before we found out about you coming to Ireland, I hosted a rowing and ski workshop for the yeah. members. Just me because I was yeah. the only one I got. I, I got this. Like I'll do this. Yeah. And then when the lads trained me after your seminar, two weeks later we hosted a row ski workshop and I did not coach it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not coaching it. Use you user taking this one. And they were like, What? I said, Yeah, you're taking a workshop. And then people were like, How come we're doing this again? Ah, uh, because so many people missed out last time. Yes. <laughs> because yes. what I taught wasn't correct. And um, we're gonna teach you even better now. We, what was what we did do was good, but they were like, really? better, like bigger and better. And we had more people is. attend and more people loved it. And I gave the guys, because that was the first time the guys really took a workshop at FSM. So they were, they, were, they were chuffed with it. And yeah. their understanding of it is so still better than mine because they were there with you and they spent the yeah. full day. And yeah. they learned from you, whereas I'm just picking up what they're throwing at me in a staff training totally. session, which is an hour. So, totally, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. like... This is more of a chat than a podcast, to be honest, because I we did actually get around to every because I've been ticking off every time any question that I've had, we've yeah. ticked off in a roundabout way. Um, yeah. but I can't believe it's like this is the first time we've ever spoken. It was funny, like within a minute, I was like, Oh, whoa, this guy's like gonna be my friend. <laughs> we were so, we're so aligned yeah. energy, like with our like energy and enthusiasm and also like values. I can already tell that, yeah. So I'm not surprised. Instead of it being like a formal chat, we just I gotta be sure you, you had podcasts. I'm sure you like sometimes you're just like a next question, okay. And then the next question, you're you're literally just asking 10 questions, and it's like, yeah. oh, this is why. Okay. I know. And there's no yeah. no flow. You're like, oh. I know. And then you're like, oh my god, I've got to like keep an eye on the questions in case there's like an awkward silence and I know like how to try and like work it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So funny. I do miss podcasting. It was so, so much fun. But yeah. it's like I got to a point where I was like running my seminars like elsewhere all the time. And so the podcast I was putting out were just bad. Like I was yeah. like, it become like a priority that I was like, that was just number six or something. And I was like, I don't want to do something that I'm not proud of, like, mm. especially something out there for people to listen to. So I was like, I do love podcasts. So that's well, I used, to, I used to have one a while back and I was just interviewing CrossFit coaches and it was like yeah so when you open your gym and like it was good and then i got i got really busy and i like yourself i couldn't commit to doing yeah. it and if i couldn't like the original was like i'm gonna do 50 shows and after 50 mm -hmm. shows we'll see what happened and mm -hmm. i struggled to get the last six shows done but i yeah. said I'd, I'd commit to do them and i did them and then i just stopped doing them and because yeah. i was just bored and i didn't yeah. i like talking to people and I like doing podcasts but it wasn't there so then when I decided and I just didn't have the time like the company was kind of yeah. going down it was in the bit yeah. of shitter and like I, yeah. I really needed to focus but then obviously now we've built a team and we're doing a lot better 
And I said, right, I'm going to bring yeah. it back. And we're going to bring it back. I want it to be different. So it's talking about anything and everything. Like I'm talking like body confidence, stuff that yeah. really gets under my skin. Um, yeah. And then just like talking to like people like yourself, because when I yeah. heard about like, there's a, this, I knew there was rowing workshops and skier. And then when the lads were like, it was especially Lee, Dave's not over talkative, great coach, but he wouldn't, yeah. just, doesn't, you know, yeah, he, he can be hard sometimes. I got a um, smile out of him and I was like, yeah, you're lucky. You see, uh, yeah. check out our Instagram. We got waxed last night. That's he, he Actually, I saw that. Got his I chest waxed, that. him and Lee, yeah. Yes. <laughs> For charity. Oh, we made no money last night, but we all got waxed. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. And they were like, everyone was like, why did you get waxed? Uh, was, was Stephen just said, we're all getting waxed. And no one would say no. So it was like, yeah, all the coaches got waxed last night. It was... Uh, <laughs> entertaining <laughs> but lee and so all, they funny. did their chests oh man that was hilarious oh my god. that um, is so funny oh my god but yeah oh, so that's- my my kind of kind of last question for you first real question actually and i'll actually get yep. the question out uh before i get yep. sidetracked into something um but you have obviously you've firstly solid for being an aerobic instructor yes thank you yeah yes. I, I think it's a, it's a it should, we should bring it back yeah, aerobic ski. Imagine if I put yes. it in as the warm up. That would be so. Next time I come to Ireland, I'm doing that as the warm up for Project Rowan Ski, and people will. Be I'll like, be the guy in the front. Yes. <laughs> How did he learn it? It's natural, mate. It's natural. That's um, so, that is so funny. <laughs> see, like you, you, aerobics. You had your own gym. Studied law. Yep. You yep. like kind of a, a Machiavellian of yes. you know, like you've done a lot, a lot of strings, uh, uh, strings in the, uh, feathers in the, in the, in the, in the hat and stuff, yeah. but you've, now you've traveled the world, but yeah. for educating so many like general people, coaches, athletes, how has that impacted you as a person? How, yeah. how have you evolved from, cause you, like you work with people that have companies and gyms and they're, struggling and they're going through like and you've been there and you, you decided to walk away and do your you felt you would to go somewhere else so yep. they're in that realm you've people that like the, the average population and then yeah so how was training all of that like this kind of your journey to where you are now impacted you as a person it's really 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 good question um it's funny because i never I never saw this as what I would be doing. I like when I started running my seminars, I kind of just did it because I wish that there had been something like that when I was a full-time trainer. And so, and I knew that the main people I knew that owned gyms in the very beginning were the people that I'd met through all my Jim Jones courses and nobody in Australia had done Jim Jones really like maybe like 10 people in total. So the very first tour I went on was, through the US and it just then came about that that became the really normal way for me to run them. It was mm. internationally. And then I realized culturally in Australia, um, people aren't that ready to learn from somebody else or get somebody into their gym. So I've run less seminars in Australia than like most other countries, which is crazy to me, but how it's affected me is I've gone from being, and I kind of call it the Peter Pan gym owner, like the gym owner that opened a gym to have, 
the best training facility in the world for them to train at. Um, Like they're the one that doesn't want to grow up. The one that is like, I can do this the best, which is you've got to have that attitude when you open a gym. But I've gone from being that person that was absolutely the believer in my method um, to now the, like, without any doubt, there are so many smarter people than me in the world. And I want to learn from every single one of them. And it's funny because it's like, I think that one of the reasons we connect so well is because you have that exact innate, like, drive to learn from everybody. And because you know that you can create the best experience in people in your gym by learning from everybody else and applying it with your personality. And what I've come to learn the more and more gyms I travel to is how many gyms out there are still based on the ego of the gym owner, um, which is who I was when I was running a seminar. So I think the biggest thing that's changed for me is how much I've been humbled. And it's because I'm constantly like week after week after week walking into these gyms and I have to give myself a pep talk before I go into every single gym because I'm like, do the whole, oh my God, what if they think that I'm really bad at this? What if they think that I'm fat? What if they're like, oh, like all the stupid things that you say to yourself. And every time I have to walk in and every single time I go, oh my God, this is the right place for me to be in. Like I love being in these environments where people genuinely want to make other people better. And it's like, but still before I walk into every gym, I'm like absolutely terrified. So what it's done for me is it's put me out of my comfort zone week after week after week. But yeah, there is a real divide in the fitness industry and that's what my analysis is so far. There's like the ego driven gym and then Mm. there's the gym is genuinely making people better. And I find that the people who like come to my seminars, like, cause I'll often drop into other gyms as well when I'm somewhere just to like see what the climate is in the area. And it's like, it's so interesting. The kinds of gyms that are like, Oh, tell me about what you do. And then there's the kinds of gyms that are like, Oh yeah, we don't need to do that. And I'm like, you're not going to survive. Like the, the, those ego driven gyms just aren't going to survive. And you see so many gyms closing down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what I've learned about myself is that I was always so, so, so scared that I needed like a, a label on me to explain to people what I do. Like it's like, Oh, I'm a physiotherapist or oh, I'm a lawyer or oh, I'm a gym owner or I'm a trainer. I always wanted there to be a label. And it's like, now it's like, I still have no idea what to say to people. Like if I go somewhere and they're like, oh, so, you know, for example, I went into Lululemon when I was in Dublin and they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, because uh, I was saying I was traveling there for work. And I'm like, I run seminars on rowing. And they're like, oh, so you're a rower. And I'm like, no. And then it becomes this like, always becomes an awkward conversation. Yeah. And now it doesn't, I don't need to have, a label, I still get really awkward. I'd still love to say to somebody, you know, like I'm something. I still don't know what that would be. But yeah, so I guess that didn't really answer your question very See, well. I guess eventually <laughs> it'll be you'll be like, well I'm I'm Jane Airbacker. Or or I got it wrong. I knew it. And they go, Oh my god, it's you. And you go, you yeah. have to say, what do you do? You just have to say your name. And you'll be like, Yeah. And then, like Madonna. And then eventually yeah, I'm Madonna, you'd be like, Oh yeah, I get you now. Yeah. You don't even have to explain it. Totally. Meanwhile, like I came to my dad's house this morning because I just moved house this week and we don't have Wi-Fi yet. And I was so nervous that like it would drop out or something. So yeah. I come to my dad's house and it's so funny because I have a sister and I'll read my dad. I'll be like, hey dad. And he'll go, which one is this? <laughs> so like, 
my dad doesn't even know who I am. He keeps you humble. He keeps you humble. Yeah. Yeah, keeps, yeah, oh, you're Jane? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. He calls the skirg the skirg and he always goes that bloody skirg because he's got a, a, a ute. I don't know if he calls them utes, but like a truck. Yeah, yeah. So he skirgs around for me if I need him to help me move them for seminars. He's like 76. He used to come to my aerobics classes. Um, and he's so funny and he hates the skirg because he's always wants to help me move them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a proper hatred because <laughs> they're awkward, <laughs> awkward machines to move. He's, I think he still thinks it's a, a weights machine you lift, like, because that's what he uses it for. He's getting all jacked from I get big from Skierg. What? Totally. Totally. Um, so, I guess what I've learned, I, like, just answering that question again, because I'm still thinking about it, is I've definitely learned that, like, the limits we put on ourselves, like, are completely arbitrary. Like, it's, um, sorry. So, sorry. <laughs> No, go okay. into the office that way yep some guy at my door oh yeah totally <laughs> some, guy, some guy that like works in the <laughs> oh, yeah he's not a member so i don't know oh okay so it is actually some guy yeah <laughs> i yeah we just put these random limits on ourselves like it's really funny because um like my brother and sister are both lawyers and so in my family it was really like like you should be a lawyer that's yeah. a really great career and um and now it's like, I think lawyers are amazing, but it's like every single day and week I get to do the stuff that makes me the happiest. Like yeah. I get to meet really cool people, learn from people, go to gyms, travel the world, like, and keep upskilling myself. And like, I think that that I'm so excited that I didn't settle for something that I thought was going to be great. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of like did my own thing. So <clears throat> And that's, uh, that's, I like that because you, you're, you just, there is no label for you, but you're doing so much and you're, you are associated with certain things. But again, I think, I don't even think you'd be able to label it. I think you'd just be given it and then that'll become the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be, it sounds like it'd be something like that. I was like, oh, it's Jane. And I'm not going to try and pronounce your second name again. And then it's, uh, and, it's and then everyone's like, oh yeah. Uh, and I'll just be, it'll, you'll, it'll just become something um, that way. Totally. But Jane, obviously, I've taken up most of your morning uh, That's so great. far, and it's flown in because I tell you, some podcasts drag, and this is not dragged at all. It's been great. <laughs> I wish all podcasts are as flowy as this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should have a call every week. You put me in the best mood. I'm like gonna yeah. go for a run or something. <laughs> Um, so for, well, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever works, you know, it could be a new trend, you know, you never know. Um, but you obviously we, we have your kind of, um, like where can people find you if they want to know more about what you're doing and are you coming back to Europe? Yes, definitely. Um, I'm definitely coming back to Europe. Definitely. Um, what I'm trying to do for 2020 right now is I am, um, I'm building out the seminars a little bit better. So I want to have the fundamentals seminar and then I also want to have advanced, mm -hmm. advanced, advanced, however you say it. And um, I want to, I should learn how to say it before I actually um, deliver it, right? <laughs> but what I want for that second one, the advanced, I want there to be actual homework people do before it coming into it so that once they've come to fundamentals, they can come to the second one. Yeah. And 
I've like trained and studied and like they're, they're kind of tested in person. Um, and then I also want there to be another, um, seminar that's like a collaboration seminar. Like I really, like I've wanted to do this for a really long time, but I want it to be a team seminar with other coaches and people who feel like what they have to present is a, is really, really valued for people. Um, uh, One of my, like the selfish reason for that is how awesome is it going to be for me to be learning from these people all the time. And then the second thing is I know how hard it is to start and continue, see through a seminar model. Um, Like the first 18 months for me absolutely ran at a loss. Like it was costing go to people's gyms and it's like, I don't make heaps of money now, but I make enough to be able to do what I need to do and enjoy it. Mm. And, um, and that's really important to me, but I understand that other people who have so much knowledge, great presentation skills, don't understand how to create the model. And that's something I've been able to do. So yeah. I really want there to be like ergs and bells and ergs and bars and, and ergs and body weight. And like all this kind of like you sign up for a weekend and it's cr- conditioning for CrossFit type stuff. So yeah. I want to, that's what I want to do. So next year, the idea was to create, dates because right now it's basically like a gym will be like hey we want you to come and i'll be like awesome when and then i'll just like go and so this last year has been quite hilarious because i get so excited when a gym is excited about what i do so i just make it happen and then i'm like i think i can do this better like i think i cannot do it go on four long haul flights in a year so um like return flights so next year i'm definitely coming back i'm trying to figure out the best time of year it generally is when weather's really bad wherever I'm going because you're not coming back to Ireland because <laughs> it's always bad. No, I can come back anytime to Ireland, <laughs> but I love when the weather's bad because then people don't like spending all day inside. So oh, okay. I am, yeah. So it's actually so people are always like, "Why do you always travel in like spring and autumn?" And I'm like, "Well, uh, I like those seasons, but yeah. usually people are not doing anything else. Whereas summer, people go out and do stuff. Mm. They're like." Why would I spend all day? Especially because my market is people who hate the ergs. So I'm like, yeah, I'm taking you out of the sunshine, taking up your whole weekend, doing something you hate. You should come. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my plan was the US in like uh, February, March, April, and then Europe in like a little bit later. So maybe yeah. September. But I haven't, I haven't built that out yet. But definitely coming back, like my favorite seminars have been in Europe, like without a doubt, like mm. that, the seminars in Ireland have been so funny. Like I still remember on that Saturday that the guys came, like we were all laughing at least 50% of the time. Like, and it was just like, I have, I get to have so much fun. Yeah. So definitely like there's definitely been seminars where people don't crack jokes and don't laugh at themselves. And like, it can still be a learning experience, but I walk away. I worked so hard. So, um, so I'm definitely coming back and there's definitely like some different options coming up. Super. And if, uh, obviously you have a good connection with Dave McConkey, uh, but if they can't host, we would FSM will, um, definitely come in and we'll be up for hosting, uh, you oh, in Ireland. That. Um, but obviously Dave, I'd, I'd love to go to Dave's gym and learn all from it as well. But obviously, yeah. like just throwing it out there. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's so funny because like I absolutely love David. Another guy that came to the seminar said the same thing, and I'm like, isn't it cool that somebody 
is so respected that people are like, honestly, I don't want to step on your toes if this is Yeah, I'm not going to come here like, forget Dave, I'll give you, I'll get you a better deal on a hotel. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that Dave is so funny because like he, the first time he was like viewing that he's like, I love the roar and ski. And then he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, everybody. And I was like, you haven't done them a disservice, but he was all like weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's awesome. So I'm really like, I want to come back to Ireland. So if, if I keep knocking on Dave's door and he says, no, I'm going to knock on your door very, very loudly. No problem. No problem at all. Um, Jane, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you for being on the show. <laughs> and uh, guys, if you want to follow Jane, all her links to uh, the Renegade website, still what you're kind of p- posting no, so far? I'm trying, nope. not, I'm trying not to use that. You can totally go there, but I won't be updating anything. Okay. I am. Um, just your kind of Instagram and stuff? Sorry. Huh? My name is just my yeah. website. So janeobacker.com. Okay. So, we, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll put all that in uh, the show notes. So links, if you want to find out more about Jane. Again, if you, are, if you enjoyed this as much as I actually did enjoy, this is probably one of my most enjoyable podcasts I've done. Um, <laughs> please like and subscribe. I can guarantee this will not be replicated. Yeah. But every single podcast we do, but we'll try our best to stay to this standard. Okay. Yeah. Like Just I came in thinking I was good. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, like and subscribe. We're on YouTube, Podbean, and Spotify. Uh, Jane, thank you very much for being on the show. I hope you have a great day today, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Cool. Um, so- You're listening to the Live, Live, Play podcast.